Welcome to the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center Equity Spotlight Podcast. This podcast series will feature the center's equity fellows, national scholars from North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio who are working to advance equitable practices within school systems. Each episode will focus on a topic relevant to ensuring equitable access and participation in quality education for historically marginalized students, specifically in the areas of race, sex, national origin and religion, and at the intersection of socioeconomic status. Often, Black fathers are viewed as irresponsible and uninvolved in the lives of their children. Turn to the mass media and you will hear, see, and read the master narrative of the dad be dad who walked out on his family or the belief that black fathers simply do not exist. These stereotypes around black fatherhood have far reaching impact. Fathers, mothers, children, and hence the entire black community are affected. The legacy of slavery has and continues to play a major role in the dismantling of the black family. During slavery, laws and social norms broke the bonds between black fathers and their children. Black men were not allowed to provide for or protect their children fully, but these fathers continue to play a vital role in their families, even though white masters constantly circumscribed their power. In addition to slavery, other historical trends, such as declining employment, lack of jobs with livable wages, welfare policies that favor single mothers, and mass incarceration have led to increased single black parent households. This, however, does not mean that Black fathers are uninvolved, irresponsible, or non-existent. The purpose of this podcast is to counter the pervasive stereotypes about Black fathers, specifically as it relates to their lack of involvement in their children's education. The goals of this podcast are to discuss Black fathers' relationships with schools, how Black fathers engage in K-12 schools, and how schools create barriers for Black fathers. For the next few minutes, you will hear from three Black men one non-custodial father, a single father, and a father who is married to the mother of his daughter. These black fathers are in different spaces, but they are all engaged and invested in the lives of their children. They counter the prevalent black father stereotypes. We will start with the discussion around the father's relationship and interactions with their child's educators and how they view their roles in their child's education. First question is, um, if you can talk about your relationship and interactions with your child's educators. Mr. Kazembe responds to the question. Yeah. Well, um, it's uh, my, my, my particip- I'm a non-custodial parent. So mine came in the way of, I think with her, going all the way back to her preschool years up till now, uh, she's in sixth grade now, I've been very uh, adamant about being present at the uh, parent-teacher conferences, um, being present at like when her school would do the curriculum night, which they'll usually do like in the, uh, maybe maybe you know, either slightly before or maybe two or three weeks into a new semester they'll invite parents and stuff to um, uh, come and meet the teachers and um, the teachers can discuss their, their, their teaching methodologies and share curriculum and content and stuff. 
I reached out to the principals because, I, and I emailed these principals personally, separately, and I emailed them to introduce myself, to tell them that uh, Ella, uh, that I'm who I am, the fact that I'm in a different state, and the fact that I'm uh, very interested and a very active parent in my daughter's life and her school life, schooling life. So that that's been good because they they email you back and all of the, each of them has said in their own way that they that typically does not happen that a parent will reach out and do that but that's Mr. Abdullah responds to the question um so uh, as far as the educators the only ones that I've interacted with would be her teacher and the school principal um Obviously, we have the uh, parent-teacher conferences. Uh, there's usually three or four a year. Um, usually, there's one in the beginning of the year. One, I mean, beginning of the I, I say semester, and then one at the end of the semester. Not too similar time, and the same for the spring. Um, the principal, the conversation usually for me is just kind of catered around the education system in that school and. You know what their goal is, what they're trying to do, how they uh, do testing, and what what are the outcomes of the testing, things like that. That's typically the conversation I have with the school um, as far as their education. I guess. So, um, what do you view as your role in your child's education? Um, I feel like I'm. Uh, how can I say it? I'm. I'm like 50% of it. I feel like she gets to that school, but at the same time, she's coming home and I have to push it. So a lot of times, you know, things like reading in the evening, reading before going to bed, you know, making sure she does her math and things like that. So I feel like I'm 50% of, of, of her education. Mr. Abney responds to the question. Okay. Uh, I Actually, I have a, I feel personally, a horrible relationship with uh, my daughter's uh, teacher of record. I, what I've run into a lot with, with them is a lot of times they'll say they're, they're going to do something and then they won't. You know, I feel that these people, I feel that the teachers that I have been running into, they don't care. They really don't care. It's a paycheck. They really don't care. Kelly has been in a, a science class. She has gotten an F every single day. I mean, every every she's been getting Fs the whole time. Do you know the teacher never once called me and said, "Hey, we got a situation here." Even though I have sent him text message asking them, "How's my daughter doing? Is everything okay?" They don't even respond. Our conversation will now move to the ways in which schools facilitate a relationship with fathers in order to support their child's education. Um, in what ways has the school facilitated a relationship between you in order to help support your child's education? So have they done anything to facilitate the relationship? Mr. Abdullah responds to the question. Well, again, I think the, the, the teacher-parent conferences are good. Um, another thing that they do is they have a lot of school-aid events where they encourage you to come out and be a part of it. Um, some of it, you know, fundraisers for the school. Um, one thing they do that I really like and I've actually participated in is they do a reading where you sign up 
um, and you go to that, you you work it out with the the uh, school the, her teacher, and then you go to the school and you pick a day or whatever, and you you any book any you know child friendly book, and you you read it to, to the entire class. And for me, I know that was something that she really liked, and even though it was to her entire class, it was something that she really enjoyed, and I and I feel ended up enjoying it as well. Mr. Abney responds to the question. You know what the principal should do? Uh, the principal should, and I should first off be taken seriously. I don't feel that I am. I don't feel that I am. I feel like they look at me and they're not, I mean, they're not even listening. They're watching my mouth move, mm -hmm. but they're not even listening. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like I have no rights with them. I feel I don't, I don't have a say so. And I believe that a lot of this plays into the single mother thing. The mamas is always up to the school. The mothers is always coming up to the school. And I believe they think the fathers are ignorant, dumb, dumb people. I think a lot of us are wrote off. I don't think they're listening. I don't think they're listening at all to me. You know, if that if you were listening to me, things would have changed now. For a fact, I believe that the teachers in science and social studies, any teacher that can have a student go all the whole year getting all Fs, don't send home a note, don't send home uh, a note, don't call, don't email, or nothing about this student continuously failing, they don't need to be a teacher. They don't need to be a teacher. They really don't care. They really don't care. I, I, that's what I feel. They don't care. I went to a meeting, to the IEP meeting, and those guys don't even show up. I done went to all Kelly's IEP meetings this, this year, and those two teachers never showed up. So I believe, personally, they don't take, they don't take Kelly serious. They don't take me serious. I mean, you know, I can't tell you about the rest of the students, you know? Yeah. But I know they're not taking me serious. They're not listening. They're not listening to me at all. And I believe a lot of that is, oh, he's a black, he's a black dude. Now, let's hear what fathers have to say about the ways in which schools might better support building authentic relationships with fathers and the community for the good of children's education. So would you say, like, for you to have, would maybe step one and build a relationship, a better relationship with you as a father, is to, to actually listen, like really listen and hear what you're saying and to take and to value what you're saying and to act on it. Will that be right? Right, because you know what, Crystal, they I never got a response from none of the teachers. One of the teachers, I looked at him and I said, I find I told one of the teachers, I said, You're a very strange guy. And this is that this is me catching him in the hallway. I said, You're a very strange guy. He said, Why? I said, because when my daughter was talking too much in your class, you called me immediately. I said, but when she been getting F's all year long in your class, you never said one thing to me about that. <laughs> and he had nothing to say, Crystal. He, I think he, I think, I think they, I think they think I'm dangerous. I think they uh, feel there's a, there's going to be a, a some kind of confrontation, but that's not it. I just, I just need an answer. Give me an answer. If you cannot help my daughter, if you can't, let me know and I will get her the help that she needs. 
they don't uphold their part of the bargain. I, I don't think they take me serious. I don't think they take me serious. I think they they think that oh well he just he just uh he's just talking. I don't believe that the principal had a sit down conversation with those teachers. Uh, I don't believe I, I don't think nothing I said to them they acted on it. I don't believe the teacher of record said anything. They don't. I mean I think that if you want to have a better relationship with me, at least we could have done what me and the teachers could have could have all have sat down. These gentlemen won't even come in the room and sit down with me. You know, I, I don't know why. They, I mean, even though I've requested it, sent my phone number and asked them to call me, they won't call me or nothing. And do you think that's- And the principal, the principal wants me to CC him into the message. It's no, man, I'm not, that's, no, that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. I want you, me, and these teachers to have a set down in the in the, in the office, a set down meeting. And so what? But he won't do it. But and so what? What do you think is behind him not wanting to just to set up your right to have a meeting with your child's teacher? I think it's a paycheck, Crystal. I think uh, they just there for the job. They just there to work. They don't care. Um. In what ways has the school facilitate a relationship between you in order to help support your child's education. So have they done anything to facilitate the relationship? Mr. Abdullah responds to the question. Um, I, I think having community activities, a lot of times I, I feel there's kind of a disconnect between the school and the community, a lot, a lot of times the community feel like the school doesn't really know what they're going through on a day-to-day basis as far as, you know, work and all of that. So a lot of times when you're giving a child homework, some parents, they don't like that because they feel like I come home and I got to work on this homework and I got to cook and I got to do something with the parent. But I think if you have that communication, the, the community is able to see that, hey, these teachers, this principal, they're human beings, you know, just like me. And overall, our goal is the same, and that is educating these children. I, I feel like that that's the best I, for me. I mean, going to community events where I got to see not just her teachers, but other teachers, and you know, some of them grades up. So I'm like, these may be her teachers in the future, and just seeing how you know their their attitude is and what their role is as far as what they're trying to gain out of the students and, and seeing that they're not just those teachers just saying, hey, I just want your child to pass this test at the end of the year so I can get a bonus or something. You know, that that relationship, I think, is, is really important. Um, and it, so. Lastly, we will hear from fathers as they talk about experiences with Black father stereotypes and how it has impacted them. So I have, so one, uh, so he has two last questions. The first one, and as you know, you often hear and read that black fathers don't care about education. And so when you hear those types of statements or when you read things, are people kind of lean towards that way of thinking? How do, how do you feel about that? Mr. Kazembi responds to the question. Um, I understand it. I mean, I understand why people are saying that kind of stuff because, um, you know, you look in society, you look at the messages that we get about our people, 
whether it's whether that message is um, teen uh, pregnancy or substance abuse, uh, incarcerated folk or people just, you know, on the, dr the, the dregs of society, if you will, right on down to inattentive parenting. You know, we get these stereotypical messages kind of bombarding the psyche 25 hours a day, eight days a week. And so it's sad, uh, but that's the way media works. Uh, we, we're at war uh, in, in this society. Um, and so we, we're, we're, anything that we do is obsessively uh, analyzed. And so it, it becomes very easy when you keep getting hit with these pejorative, backward, negative messages. It becomes very easy to believe it. And um, it, it's just kind of lazy in, in some ways, um, but it becomes very easy. So I understand why people arrive at that. But then, see, when I go to these spaces, whether it's a um, cookout uh, at the school is doing end of year cookout or a talent night where the students are doing, um, you know, Ella, I mean, she has a ballet recital coming up okay. uh, in May, the spring recital. When I go to these things, I look around to see who's there and I see a lot of black fathers there and I've interacted with many of them over the years and stuff. So I, I see, I see both sides of it. I see there are a lot of uh, brothers who are just not for whatever reason, just not on, you know, not on the ball as they should be. Um, there are a lot of, you know, sisters who are not, but I also like seeing, and I do see black men who are actively involved um, back one of my friends back in Chicago, he's an engineer. Um, Brother Torio, Toriano, and um, he 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 is. Uh, I mean, he just is is just seriously involved in the lives of both of his daughters. I have another good friend in Chicago uh, who has twin daughters. I mean, I've known them since they were negative one, and they're now in college. And for 18 years of their lives up until this present moment, uh, my friend Bill and his wife, they, they have been like, I've watched them and they have been consistent. So to the left and right of me, as I look around and think about the black men with children that I know, mm -hmm. all of them uh, are deeply uh, involved in varying degrees, but they're all involved in the lives of their children. Um, and, and some of the men that I know are custodial and some of the men I know uh, are actually in the household. Well, my last, well, last couple of questions is, have you experienced any stereotypes about black fathers? Mr. Abdullah responds to the question. Um, yes, um, that we're absent, we're not involved in the child's life, we're not there, I'm, I'm never around. Um, that we're uneducated ourselves, so we can't really educate them. So I, I've seen it. I, I've sometimes been talking to teachers and parents. They seem surprised when you um, show up for things. And like I, I get back to the book reading, they told me, oh, you're the only um, black dad that uh, signed up for this. You know, like, oh, that's disappointing, but I'm here. So. Um, does that impact you in any way? Um, it, it pushes me to 
continue to want to continue to be that impact in your life. So as far as from an education standpoint, it, it really makes me push because I, to me, I, I don't know, I have a, a feeling that black kids in general have to work twice as hard anyway. So I'm always kind of wanting to push. And like I said, when I see those stereotypes, it just encourages me to try that much harder. My last question for you, though, and you already talked to this, but I just want to see if there's other ones. Like, um, ha- have you experienced stereotypes about Black fathers in general and also about Black fathers' involvement in their child's ed- education? Mr. Abney responds to the question. Okay. Let me tell you how they do a Black father. Uh, my daughter got in trouble at school for something. I called the school. You know, I, this is the kind of dude I am. When I find out something happened, I'm on my way up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I go to the school. I got my daughter in tow. We're going to get to the We're going to get to this. We're going to find out about this. I get to the door. The lady look at me and tell me on the speaker, we can't let no parents in. We can't let no parents in. See, the lady already know what's going on because I'm called. Now, I'm not agitated. I'm not loud or nothing. I'm on the phone with her. Hey, hold on. I'm coming up there right now. What's you know? What's the situation with my daughter and this little boy calling my, I think that's what it was. The little boy called my daughter a bitch. And uh, her and the little boy had words, but this is the whole subject. This is hand. Both of them in trouble, but only one person approached the other person. You know, he approached my daughter and called her out of her name. So I'm I'm up at the school. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I ain't talking loud enough. I want to get to the bottom of it. How my daughter is in trouble for defending herself. So I go to the door, ring the bell. The lady tell me, you can't come in the school. You can't come in the school. Uh, the teachers are all in a meeting, and you can't come in the school. So I walked back to my car, got on the phone, called the superintendent office. I said, hey, ma'am. I just went up to this door, knocked on this door, rung the bell. They wouldn't let me in the school. She said, it's school. It's, it's what school is it? I told her what school it was. She said, them doors are supposed to be open. So as I'm sitting there talking to the school superintendent, I tell her what's going on. Guess who walks up to the door? A black lady. A black parent. What do you think they did to her, Crystal? Let her in. Let her in. But for some reason, she didn't let me in. She wouldn't let me in, but she let the mother in. Everybody that came after me got in that door. So, you know, what else can I say? You know, I don't know. The school superintendent agreed with me. She said, that sounds real fishy. And they fired that lady. That lady wasn't there at that door no more. They they fired that lady. So she don't even work at the school no more. Uh. I don't know, Chris. I think we got a little bad reputation, maybe, maybe a a fear of us. Brief narratives you heard from fathers on this podcast pushed back against the myth of the deadbeat or non-existent Black father. The voices of these fathers are in no way speaking on behalf of every Black father in the world. They represent a sample from a larger population of Black fathers who are actively involved in the lives of their children despite systemic and institutional barriers that seek to hinder and erase their involvement and even their very existence.
This podcast was brought to you by the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center. To find out about other Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center podcasts and other resources, visit our website at www.greatlakesequity.org. To subscribe to a podcast, click on the podcast link located on the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center website. The Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center, a project of the Great Lakes Equity Center at Indiana University, is funded by the U.S. Department of Education to provide technical assistance, resources, and professional learning opportunities related to equity, civil rights, and systemic school reform throughout the 13-state region. The contents of this presentation were developed under a grant from the U.S. Department of Education, S004D11002. However, these contents do not necessarily represent the policy of the U.S. Department of Education, and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government. This podcast and its contents are provided to educators, local and state education agencies, and or non-commercial entities for the use for educational training purposes only. No part of this recording may be reproduced or utilized in any form or in any means, electronic or mechanical, including recording or by any information storage and retrieval system without permission in writing from the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center. Finally, the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center would like to thank Indiana University School of Education, as well as Executive Director Dr. Kathleen King-Torius, Director of Operations Dr. Sina Skelton, Associate Director of Engagement and Partnerships, Dr. Tiffany Kaiser, and Instructional and Graphic Designer, Dr. Jasur Dagwi, for their leadership and guidance in the development of all tools and resources to support the region.